Lord, we humbly approach the throne of mercy this morning. Father, we know that without you, O oh God, we can do nothing, O oh Lord. Therefore, Father, we choose to approach this day, O oh God, by coming before you, O oh Lord. For we know that if we commit our ways to you, O oh Father God, they shall prosper, O oh Lord. And O oh Father, this morning we are coming to your house of prayer, O oh Lord. We are coming here, O oh Father God, not to meet new faces, not to meet our friends, O oh God. But we are coming here, O oh Father God, in the Shekinah glory, O oh Lord. Whereby you'll be able to address us, O oh Father. We compare our lives, Father God, and the word, O oh Lord. If they be need to correct, O oh Father God, let us be corrected, O oh Father. If you need to exalt, exalt us, O oh Father. You know, O oh Father God, our conditions, O oh Father God, where we stand, O oh Lord. We are being weighed in the balances, O oh Father. And Lord, we just pray, O oh Father God, may we read true, Father God, to the reading, to the recording, O oh Father. We are thanking you this morning, O oh Lord, for some haven't seen this day, O oh God. But because you have given us enough grace to see this day, O oh Father, you have got a purpose for us, O oh Lord. We are coming before you, O oh Father, with our open hearts, with our open minds, O oh Father. We give all to you, O oh Lord Jesus. Amen. Father, we don't belong to ourselves, but we are put a maker. You are the one that sees us, O oh Father. You are the one that knows us better, O oh Father. Our neighbors might not understand us, but Lord, you understand us, O oh Father. Yes. You know where we stay. You will know where we live. We will know even what we think, O oh Father. What we go through, O oh Father God, that's something that we cannot share with our friends, O oh Father. Yes. You know them, O oh Lord. Amen. But, O oh Father God, we just pray, Father, that you are the only comforter now that remain it. Oh, Father. You are the only one that can lead us, Father. You are the only one that can see us through, oh Lord. Come and address our different situations, oh Father. We need you, oh Father God. We need you like David that other day who said, come urgently unto me. Come swiftly unto me, oh Father. We also ask you, Father, that you may approach us swiftly, oh Father God, with answers, oh Father, with the way forward, oh God, that we may be blessed and comforted in you, oh Lord. Father, we know one thing, Father, for sure, that you are the God that Provide it, Father, the desires of our hearts, O oh Lord. You are here this morning, O oh Father. We bless your name, O oh God. We expect, O oh Father, God, a visitation, O oh Lord. Use whoever is going to stand before this throne, this throne, O oh Father God, to address us, O oh Father. We shall say, was it not good to hear the Lord speaking unto us? Bless the sings, the song service, O oh Father. Bless the congregation. Bless every work that is going on, oh Father God, in diverse places, O oh Father God, where your children are worshiping you. We welcome your spirit in the blessed name of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
Father, we'll be so time. I will be calling uh, the brother with announcements so that we can keep time to the word. Amen. How many are looking forward to the word of the Lord? Yes, that's why we're here. Amen. I bless your name. I bless your name. Heavenly Father God, Father, we are grateful and thankful, O oh God, to be able to gather in your house this morning, O oh God. Father God, it is evident, O oh God, that we are in the right place this morning, O oh God. Father God, we come before your throne of mercy and grace, O oh God. 
Father God, and we thank you, O God. Father God, we come and we we give you thanks and praise, O God. Father God, and O Lord, it feels so good to be able to say thank you this morning, O God. Father God, for O Lord, you've brought us a mighty long way, O God. Father God, and O Lord, as we sing your praises, O God. Father God, we can see, O God, the promised land coming close, O Lord. We say thank you this morning, O God. Father God, as we, we bring the tithes and the offerings before you, O God. We pray, O God, bless the hands that could give this morning, O God. Bless the hands, O God, that couldn't, O Lord. Father God, and may we use it, O God. May it be used, O God, for the furtherance of your kingdom, O God. Father God, we come before you, O God. Father God, and we are under expectation this morning, O God. Father God, for our hearts are are on fire already, O God. And we say thank you, O God. Father God, the eagle has gathered around the carcass now, Lord. Father God, come and, come and feed us with, with manna from heaven, O God, as we surrender, O Lord. We give the service over to you now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, O God. We say thank you, O God. Amen. Amen. If you can just have us just for a moment, amen. I just have a few announcements that I would like to pass to the saints. Um, I have a few uh, apologies. Uh, I think as you can see just among us, Brother Marcus, uh, Brother Sibusiso and his family are not with us. Uh, and then even Brother Msezi and Brother Matlangu and Sister Malaza. And then also we'll, we have a few visitors that we would like to, help, to welcome this morning. Amen. So while I call their name, if you can just show by raising of, of their hands so that you can acknowledge their presence. Amen. We have Brother George Gondowini and his wife. If they can just uh, kindly raise their hands so that you can acknowledge their presence. <laughs> and then also Brother P- Patrick. Oh, there is my brother. And also Brother Josias. Oh, there. So uh, I just have a few reminders. I think as time, uh, I think we see that time is normal. We just have left it a few days before we have our conference, amen. So we just want to call out to the saints again that if there's any saints who want to go to the conference in December between 25 and 27, if after the service they can just see me and Brother Dipadi so that we can just make the necessary arrangement for them, amen. I think, as we know, our conference will be held up in will be held in Mamelodi, and then it will we will be traveling from our homes to, to to the tabernacle every day. So, for those saints who have a challenge with transport, if they can just see us, so that we can make the necessary challenge, necessary arrangement for them, so that they can be they be able to go there and and worship the Lord with us on those days. Amen. Yeah, so. The other reminder is that, that our, our, our brothers, uh, the Skosana families, they're having a music uh, concert, I think, uh, on the Wednesday uh, at Sheraton Hotel. So it's just a reminder and a call out to all the saints that if you still haven't got a ticket, you can see, I think, Brother, yeah, Brother Mtogosizi and Sister Mbali here, so that they can just give you the... Uh, give us uh, the tickets so that you can be able to go there and rejoice with them. Amen. Amen. And then uh, this morning, I think, uh, as I've already mentioned, Brother Mrs. is not here. So 
we're going to have our brother, uh, Brother Mpanyana, to give us the word, amen. amen. And uh, he'll be, there won't be an interpreter this morning. But I believe that just like it happened there, during the, uh, the, the, the acts of the, 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 the disciples, when the Holy Spirit came, the, when the, the Peter was preaching, uh, the, there wasn't any need for interpretation because the Holy Spirit came there and interpreted to the saints so that they could even, each one of them could understand the word in his own language. And we believe that this very same God that did that on that day is the same God that we worship this morning. So even if we, you don't understand Zulu, I believe in my heart that the God will go there and speak to you this morning and he will interpret this morning so you won't go out empty-handed. Amen. And then uh, as our brother comes this morning, I remember one of the messages that he preached yes, uh, some few years back about influence. It was one of the greatest messages that I've ever had. And I believe this morning, as he come for this morning, God is going to speak to, with him the, the, this very same way he spoke Amen. with him that day. Amen. Wow. And uh, we will go home rejoicing and then wondering what kind of a God we serve. That we serve a miracle-working God. Amen. Amen. So if we can just uh, stand up and then just give a nice worshiping song as we usher our brother in. Amen. Brothers, uh, over to you, my brother.
we, uh, we, we don't have an interpreter this morning. Um, but let's turn to our Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Let's read from verse 37 if you've got it. <clears throat> Um, verse 37, the Bible says, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and, and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? Verse 38, it says, When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? And verse 39, or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee, verse 40, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So let us bow our heads and... And just, uh, if Brother Kumete can just come and say a word of prayer here. Baba, Yes, dear God. There is no Shaba, Saxon, and Kulungulo to Tandegado. Sunday Labue, Sitwelin Jabulo, Twelin Dogoso, Amen. God bless you. We may be seated. Um, as, as, as I think the brother has mentioned, that brother Sis um, is not here. So we, we used to preach some time back, I think, without uh, an interpreter. And that time, Bashture, I used to mix Sotho, Zulu, English, everything. So uh, I'm just wondering this morning, uh, but if the church will allow me, yeah, it might happen that a little bit of my language comes in. <laughs> God bless you. And then uh, we are aware, God bless every one of you that um, I think people are on holidays, preparing for the conventions, and we appreciate our dear pastor here to grant us the opportunity. And then this morning, we're not going to be that much long, but um, as we have read the scripture here, and I want us to read um, again 25 verse 40, where Jesus says... Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. 
So and then on that basis, I want to say, I want to call your attention upon this as my subject. Eternal life is living for others. So now, when we talk about eternal life, it's something that doesn't have the beginning, even it doesn't have an ending. So now, if we talk about the eternal life, we are referring to somebody that is not living for himself or herself, but he realizes that he needs to live for other people. Now, the message of the hour says here in the book, in the message that day on Calvary, page 84, he says, The Lord Jesus was just one man, the perfect man. He gave his life and he made an example for you. So he gave his life and then he made an example for us all. Now, what we must do now The first thing I want to say is, Jesus never lived for himself. His life was spent for others. That is perfectly eternal life. When you say you go to church and you do good things, that is fine. But that is not enough. But when you live your life to yourself, you haven't eternal life. Eternal life is living for others. So he says now it's not enough if you live for yourself only. You can go to church, you can do other things, which is all fine, but when you live for yourself, you haven't eternal life. Eternal life is living for others. It proved it when he came in the Lamb of God. He lived and had eternal life because he did not live for himself. He lived for others. And you receive eternal life by receiving that that day on Calvary. And you don't live for yourself no more. You live for others. So he says, now since that day on Calvary, now you are no longer living for yourself. You are living for other people. Now in the message again, hope is in God. Um, paragraph 4 and 5, he says here. Now he says, now... We are, thankful, we are thankful for doctors. Oh, we are thankful for you, Baba Musabi, and so forth. Who can give us medical aid and, and set bones, pull teeth, and so forth? But them is all right. Doctors are God's servants to the people. Is that right, Baba Musabi? Doctors are God's servants to the people. They help people. In the hospitals and institutions, we are very thankful to have them. And I have nothing against them. The only thing I do is pray that God will continue to help them. For anything that that will help or bless or do anything to help people, I am for it. And I know God is with any movement that is trying to help people. That is what we should do always is to try to... Is, is try to do something to help somebody else. After all, that is the Christian attitude towards things. So we, we have to strive all the time to do something good for somebody else. Not for ourselves, but we need to go beyond ourselves and do something beyond 
what we can do for ourselves. So we have to try to do something for somebody else. Now, it's not only about the gospel, but even if you've got a neighbor or you go into the bank, you see an old lady there, sometimes it's good for you just to offer your service and then help with something else. If you see somebody maybe is unable to open the door for them, whatever the case might be, you just go there and help and you have done something for the almighty God. So that is why the Bible says, in that day, you'll be surprised that you say, when did we clothe you or what did you do, give you food or whatever that we have done? He says, and then whatever that you do to the little ones, you are doing it to me. So he says, that is the Christian attitude to assist somebody. He says, this is a great heavy burden that no one knows nothing about. That is just God and I alone. But when I go... I do get to go to bed. What a wonderful privilege. I have to kneel down before God and say, Father, I have done the best that I know how to today. I've done all that I know how to make life just a little more pleasant for people. I'm sure that his blessings return and return and return and make life a little more pleasant for me. If you want to do something for God, do something for his people. If you want something good said about you, say something good about someone else. So that is the reflection that I want us to look at it this morning. That whatever that you want it to be done unto you, you also have to do it first to other people. In other words, Brother Brenham says in the message, I, I can't remember the name of the message, but I will, he says, when you look at Abraham, and he says, Abraham had the spirit of Christ. He says there was sort of a conflict between the headsmen or their servants, between Lord, the, the headsmen of Lord and the headsmen of, of Abraham. And Brother Brenham says, now Abraham, with the spirit of Christ, came to Lord. And he said to him, there is no need for us to have conflict. There is no need for us, to, for our headsmen to have conflict. He says, now he gave Lord the first choice. So he did something good for Lord. He says, now if you choose to go to the east, I will go to the west. And Brother Brenham says here, now he had the spirit of Christ. He didn't come and choose for himself. And says, now because there is conflict, then I will go to the west, you go to the east. But the spirit of Christ allowed him to say, Lord, you have a choice first. Hallelujah. So he gave him a choice and he says that is something very good that we need to do here. If you want to do something good, do something for the people. If you want something good said about you, you can't keep on talking bad about other people and expect some other people to talk good about you. So whatever that you want it to be done unto you, you must be the first one to do it. Bless someone else and you are, you are blessing someone else and you are blessing to God. Now, if you bless somebody else and then you'll be blessed also. If you do any other thing that is good for somebody else and then you'll also be, that thing will be done unto you. Yes, for Jesus said, in so much as you have done unto the least of these, my little ones, you have done it unto me. So we know that it is the truth. So we know that what we must, be, we must do, what we must say, how we need to do things. The way you want people to treat you, that is the way you must treat them. 
and you can't really say you are saving God or maybe you, 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 are, you are a son and a daughter of God and then don't respect or treat his own children in a right way. So whatever that you are mis- if you are mistreating any other person, that is what you are doing unto the Lord. And he says here, Jesus said at that day he will separate the people like the sheep and the goats. And he will say to the goats, stand on the left side and to the sheep, stand on the right side. And he said to the goats, depart from me because I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was in prison and you did not visit me. I was naked and you clothed me not. I was thirsty and you gave me not drink. I was sick and you didn't visit me, so depart from me. And on the sheep he said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you ministered to me. And he says, notice, don't fail to get this church. Keep this in your heart forever. It was so unconsciously done. So it wasn't something that was planned that I'm going to do good. But it's something that is done unconsciously. It's the life that you live that you do good things to the people. It's the life that you live you talk good to the people. It's the life that you live that you bless other people. It's the life that you live that you wish other people good things. And then automatically those things, they will come back to you. He says they've done all those things unconsciously. Because if they plan to do those things, then they will not be surprised when he says, come to me. So the reason that they were surprised that we, couldn't, we didn't see you while you were in hospital. We didn't, we didn't see you while you, were, you didn't have clothes on. He says they've done it unconsciously. So he says now, the people don't do it for a line of duty. A man that gives you something or other because he ought to do it. A man that feeds you because he ought to do it. He's got a selfish idea. It should be your very life, your very action. So it should be done unconsciously. If somebody, is, if somebody comes in front of you maybe and then he's asking for a way, you automatically just allow a person to go. It's a second. When I see people maybe who will be driving like as if I don't know. But if you just allow the guy to go through, it's, it's not even one minute. But you will see how people do. It's, 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 it's something that it has to happen unconsciously. Just allow a person to go and tomorrow they do the same to you. Hallelujah. I know most of us, we are guilty of that. Yeah, no, why should? But in actual fact, if you can take your time and just look at it, that if I allow the person just to go in front of me, how long is he going to delay you? It, it won't be even a one minute. So, but what you have lost? You just allow the person to go. Hallelujah. But now, unconsciously, we do certain things and then we plan to do good. So, if you plan to do good, he says that is a selfish idea. But those things need to happen automatically. You know, Brad Bram speaks about, he says now, when the high priest goes into the holiest of holies, and the Bible says he had to walk in a particular way, he had to speak in a particular way, he had to dress in a particular way. So he says now, because we are in the presence of the Almighty God on a daily basis, that is why we have to speak differently. Unconsciously. 
not something that we are like. You see, problem we say is now the difference between a child of God and the Pharisees or Jesus Christ and the Pharisees is that the Pharisees they plan to do good. And that's how the, the rest of the denominations they are doing. And then they plan to do certain things good, but as a child of God, it has to come within. Hallelujah. And if it comes to from within, we will see when, we, when, when it happens suddenly. Then you see that now we take Christ, we put him aside. Hallelujah. Now what I like here is that, and notice, don't fail to get this church. Keep this in your heart forever. It was unconsciously done. So if it is unconsciously, when a person is, maybe, you know when a person is still a learner, you are learning to drive a car. When, when he puts on four or three or whatever, then he will look at the gear. That, am I making sure that it goes to one or three? So, but when you are now, it's, it's just life to drive. So you know that I don't have, I know that one is there or two is there. So unconsciously, that's how you do it. So that is why now as a child of God, it has to come within. Unconsciously, you have to be able to treat people okay. And he says, it was so surprising to this sheep that they said, Lord, when were you hungry and we wouldn't feed you? When were you hungry and we, we fed you and you were thirsty? He says, it was so automatically out of love. It is just their life lived in them. So it was just automatically done out of love. So it was love coming out of them. So that is why they've done that to the people that they don't even realize. So that is why the Bible says, Jesus says now, you have heard when they say, and then eye for an eye or whatever the case might be. And he says, but I say unto you, Hallelujah. He says, you need to love your enemies. So I like this man called Abraham. You know, Brother Brenham says, he says, Abraham, even after there was a conflict between him and Lord, he says, it happened that Lord chose to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. And while he was there enjoying himself, he says, while he was there, what happened? He says, there was a particular king that they came, and then they took Lord and his belongings and everything. And then there was a man that came to Abraham, and he told him that Abraham, Abraham uh, Lord has been taken away. And watch what Abraham says here. He says, now, that day, he says, this man called Abraham, he had the spirit of Christ. He says, now Abraham watched this Christian spirit pursuing for his brother. Even if they had conflict. And Brother Abraham says, even that though Lord was backslidden, gone back, yet Abraham loved him, he kept on pursuing him. So this man was now in a back, he says he was backslidden. But Abraham, with love in his heart, it just happened. He didn't call everybody and say, now this man, you have heard what happened to him. We knew he was the one that was wrong. That is why now God is punishing him. So, but this man, the Bible says he took the best of his servants. So, it's just because the spirit of Christ. Now he says, now what's the spirit that was pursuing for his own brother? But now, I was thinking about it. If the spirit of Christ now was in Abraham for pursuing his backslidden brother, what, the, what, what is the spirit that is in certain brothers? Hey, 
or the sisters now. But Brother Brenham says, this was a Christian spirit. It was the, the spirit that was in Christ, that was upon Abraham. And that compelled or made Abraham to pursue his backslidden brother. But nowadays, if it happens that somebody and someone, they took two different ways. And somebody over here some other time, maybe six months along the line or six years along the line, that somebody, something happened to him or her. Yeah, that will be a great thing. They put it even on the internet. We knew. We knew that he won't go even, he won't go so far. But my question is that if the spirit of Christ was in Abraham, then we need to ask ourselves, if we really rejoice over the stumblings of our own sisters and brothers, what kind of spirit is in us? The Christian spirit pursue for his own brother. You know, when you read the book of Hebrews, Brother Bremen speaks about a brother called Ramsey. He says it happened that this other day he was coming out of the meeting and then he came back and then he went to this brother because this brother, I think he was sort of a mechanic. And then he says, while he was there, he says, man, we had a great meeting, Brother Ramsey, and one day I wish I must go with you into those meetings. He says, while he was talking to him, and Brother Ramsey says, Brother Ramsey, you know that I'm no longer saving the Lord. Hallelujah. And Brother Bremi says, when, while he was saying that, and then I told him that, no, what are you saying? He says, when I got home, then I thought about him. And he says, I asked my wife, Mita, that I want to go and ask Brother Ramsey again, what did he really mean? And he says, I went back and I asked him, I said, Brother Ramsey, what did you say? I hope I haven't heard you well. And he says, no, I'm no longer saving the Lord. He says, this brother, then what happened to him? He says, no, he was a brother that I think he was preaching, and he took his um, preaching whatever license at that time, and then he teared it. He says, I'm, I'm done, Brother Brennan. But Brother Brennan says, I went home with a heavy heart. I went home with a heavy burden. He says, I kept on praying for Brother Ramsey that he might be restored to the Lord. Now, if the spirit that was in Abraham, the spirit that was in Brother Brenham, pursued for a lost brother, what kind of spirit do we, our other people are having? Because it, 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 it is now something else. When we, when, when we hear about somebody that has stumbled, it is no longer that we are, we've got the heavy patterns that we need to go on our knees and pray. But we are having coffee nowadays. That, eh, this is the opportunity that I'm going to see brother so and so. Because I know that brother also didn't like that brother. So I'm going to tell him now that, hey, you have heard. Hallelujah. But that, that is really unscriptural. It's not there in the Bible. and it, It's really a different spirit. So we should be there knowing that if we treat, if we treat the, 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 a brother or we treat a sister in a good way, that's what the Lord wants us to do. So it happens automatically here. He says that is unselfish life. Not the second thought, not to think about it, 
but you are so dead to the things of this world and so alive in Christ, so walking on the highways, that these things are just an automatic thing. It's not something that you... That's why I say, if, some, if you plan for something, then it will go for a while. Now, if you plan that I need to respect the pastor, it's a plan. It's not something that comes out of me. If you plan that I need to love my children or my wife, it's something that will go for a while. But if it's something that is in you, it is part of me. It just happened, even if you can just see love, even if I don't, I, I, I don't tell you about it. Hallelujah. And Brother Brennan says, that is the only way that you can be able to assist the person. You must have compassion. Hallelujah. But we need to be able to help. That is the eternal life in us, is to live for other people. And we don't live for believers only. Because that's the problem that with the believers is that we become too good when we meet. We, we change even the tones when we talk. We're surprised. The tone that, you see, when, when the tone that a brother is talking to you when you meet him at the mall, it's something different when he's at home. It's something different when he's talking to his own friends. The way he walks when he's at the mall and the way he walks when he's with his friends is two different things. But the Bible says the high priest, he was in the presence of the almighty God when he's there in the Holy of Holies. So now the Bible says we are in the presence of the almighty God. Not in church, when we are at home, when we are at work, wherever we are. So we need to talk in a different way. Hallelujah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm one person that I think people need to be what they are. When you are with me, we, 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 if, if you need to talk about certain things, let's talk about them. Hallelujah. It's not all about, no, when we met, we must talk about the spoken word. If we don't have anything about the spoken word, then no. God bless you, bro. But I know that the brother or the sister has got the other life. There is food that is required. There is work that we need to talk about. There is a lot of things that we can talk about. Hallelujah. To such an extent that even if you need something, I don't have maybe a salt, I'm afraid to go and ask the brother. So God, let the people see what Calvary did for us. So automatically, when, you, when, when were you, Lord, when we never knew that, look what Jesus turned and said, in so much as you have done unto this, you did it unto me. Unselfish life, not a second thought, not to think about it, but you are so dead to the things of the world that these things are just an automatic thing. You just do it. And the only way that I can help you is for you to believe me, that I'm telling the truth about Jesus Christ. The only way that help can, that help can come, if I wouldn't be a minister, I would want to be a doctor or something like that. So I could help somebody, help do something. He says, a young man waited on us this morning when I would run out of gasoline. He's studying to be a doctor, and I told him who I was. I said, sir, 
If my boy wouldn't be a minister, I want him to be a doctor. I want my girls to be nurses or something. You don't know the joy it is not to help yourself, but to help others. You really have the joy then when you can help somebody. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. So it's not only to be, he says, if somebody else can be something that you'll be able to help people. And I think it's not only doctors only. There is a lot of things that you can do and you'll be able to have compassion to help other people. Hallelujah. So even if you go into a career or you go into a business or you go into any other thing, the first question that you need to ask yourself, how can I serve the people? How can I serve my own community? How can I serve my own family? How can I serve my own church? The the question should be also, how can I serve? So such people I've heard, even they go into business, they say, how can I serve? They say they become prosperous. Those people, they achieve things. Hallelujah. So, but the question should be, I mean, the, the, the statement should be like, how can I serve the people? You come to say, how can I serve better? If we've got a pastor, he's, he's serving the church. If we've got trustees, they take their time, they are serving the church. Any other person, he's serving the church. And he's becoming a servant. You see, the problem is that now, the Bible says here, we we are the servants of God. The word servant, how can I serve? You serve the people, not to be served. Sometimes people now, they turn it around. They want to be served. But you need to be servants. And I think each and every one of us, he can serve in a particular way. You can serve into the community. The people that they don't know you. You can serve in the church. You can serve any other way. In actual fact, any gift that you are having, you can be able to serve the church. You can serve the community. You can serve in any other way. So Brabham says here, and then it is so good to be able to help somebody else. I mean, when you go home, you reflect what happened during the day. He says, I'll be so proud, I'll be so fulfilled when I think that I've helped somebody. So it should be something that we live with now at, at night when we go back. What did I do? We ask ourselves, what did I do? So even if we reflect now towards the end of the year, what did I really do? Did I serve? Hallelujah. We all know we serve God, but in order for us to be able to say we are servants of the Almighty God, we need to be able to serve his own people. Hallelujah. He says, I keep my meetings little and like that to keep from even having big meetings and things. I don't have radio or television. I just let it go. See? Because I don't want to be something in the picture of the world. I want to be God's servant to speak what he tells me to speak. So he's, he, doesn't stri- he doesn't strive to become a big somebody. He says, I want to be God's servant to speak what he tells me to speak and say what he says. 
that when I come there that day, I want to hear him say, it was well done. So I want, he says, I want to hear his voice and his words say, it was well done. Even if the people don't say it was well done, but that day he says, I want to hear the Lord himself saying it was well done. That is what I want to hear. That is what I live for. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have my little babies and things sitting down yonder tonight crying for me. I will be down there with them. He says, the reason I left my family alone, the reason I left my own children there, is just I want to live for that. To be able to do something good for someone. He says, I will be down there with them. I'm here to try to help somebody for the glory of God. The reason he's going there, the reason now we can, is that he was trying to do something good for somebody else. Hallelujah. So if we can have that, that is the spirit of Christ. Wherever we are, we think, how can I help? How can I save? Hallelujah. He says, I believe it is regarded somewhere in the Bible as some sort of a gift. But whatever it is, it is a a small and that ain't the significance of it. It is what we can do to help somebody to get closer to God. Whatever gift that we are having, it is what we can do to help somebody to get closer to God. The powers and the gifts of God are not to show off with. If you've got a gift or the powers of God, it's not to show off. They are, not to, they are to serve God by... They are for the glory of God to do something to help somebody. Not to come out like a stuffed shirt and saying, me, my great, that is not it. Now in the message called Unwelcome Christ, Brother Bram says, this I, I is a disease unto many people. I can do that. I can do this. I am so and so. I am so great and things like that. He says it's a disease for the people. So if it's a disease, then we need cure here. We need a medicine, and that is a weight. So it has to take the eye and put Christ in our lives. Hallelujah. Because if you say, I can do this, I can do that, where is him then in your life? Hallelujah. So we must always say now, Christ in me. He says, it is what we can do to help somebody to get closer to God. When a man does that, he's little in my sight. He says, if a man is talking about himself, how great and how he can do this, he says, he's so little in my sight. Hallelujah. He says, you need to, that person when he's little in his sight, is also little in God's sight. Hallelujah. You know that now the Bible says, whosoever that exalts himself is abased by God. And who abases himself now is exalted with God. So the brother Abraham says now the way up is always down with God. Hallelujah. He says now if we want, we need to humble ourselves. He says, show me a man if you want to say, if, if you want to be great, show me a man that is humble enough. 
He said, show me a church that is humble enough. Then I will show you that is the greatest church. Hallelujah. And if we can just humble ourselves. And to, 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 to be humble doesn't mean people must just pull you this side and that side. Yes, you mustn't be a pushover. But you, you must be humble enough. Hallelujah. But with humility, you still have, you, you can't just be pushed around. So sometimes people, when they heard that, if you, you, they clap you this side, you just give them this side. But <laughs> so it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It, it happens that you need to be able to have humility. Yes, hallelujah. And that is where God is. You humble yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Not all about yourself, but all about God. He says, now friends, this is nothing to do with me or any individual. I'm trying my best with all I know how to do to make life a little easier for my fellow men. To get them to believe on the Lord, to be born again of the Spirit. And to pray for the sick when they are need. And to help them make life a little better. I'm asking you people here, as my dear friends in Christ Jesus, that you will stand by me in prayer during this time. I'm not here for a stage show. I'm only here to do the best that I know how to make life a little easier, to make people a little happier, to bring converts to Jesus Christ. It's not something that is a stage show that needs to be seen, but it's here to do and try something little... To, to add into the kingdom of God. Amen. Just let's put our arms around one another and say, Let, uh, one another, let's be brethren. Let's help somebody. Let's make life a little easier. So if you, that's why I say, if you see somebody that has got a burden, go there and then try to help somebody. If you see an unbeliever that you can be able to offer some help or some assistance in a particular way, go there and tell him that, can I help you? Hallelujah. So I want us to, 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 to a little bit to look at it. It's not only the believers. Because sometimes that's why I say it is easy for you to do something good for a believer because they know you. But sometimes it's very good to do something for somebody that you don't know anything about him. You don't expect anything back. Hallelujah. I mean, there was, there, was, there was something that is a little bit of a clip that I saw. There was a man sitting in a car. And that particular man, I think he, his, his, um, the boot was open. And then there was a guy that was walking along and he was busy on his cell phone. And the guy asked him that, can you just close the boot for me? You could have had that man. And he was telling him, no, you see, you think my, my, uh, it's not important what I'm talking about here. Can't you see that I'm on the phone and it's very important. You don't even understand how important is my, my call. I mean, he should have just asked before, but he didn't do that. He, he, he went on and tell him, no, it's so important. You are not important. You think you are important just sitting there. I must go and open the, and close the boot for you. He even went and grabbed the door and opened it. 
And then when he opened the door, he found that the man that asked him, he doesn't have legs. And at that time, what did he do now? He was saying, no, I'm sorry. What else do you want me to do it for you? So he didn't, he didn't know. But I think before he can do it, you see, Brother Brennan says, sometimes if you, could, you don't have anything to say about your brother, you better just zip. Don't say anything. If I want to talk about a sister, there is nothing good, absolutely. Then I better not talk about her. So this man also, he was just supposed to go and see why is this man asking for some assistance. But he went all out. And he was telling him that, you, I mean, and if you could see that man, he was so sorry. And he said, no, sorry. He went to close and he came back and he asked him, what else do you want me to help you? Right. So, but you were not supposed to do that before. But that's how we are. We, we go and, and say that and, and tell people how they undermine us. They don't see anything in it. But, I mean, later you see, oh, that's the reason the guy was just asking, just close the boot. And if that man, really, he just went with his phone also, talking as important as he was claiming that is important, and just go and close the boot and keep on talking, there was nothing, absolutely nothing that will affect him. But I'm telling you, that particular man, whether he's a believer or he's a non-believer, when he went home, he maybe he told his wife or his children about the incident. I think he had a guilty conscience that I should have done much more better. I think in, in his own entire life, he always think, yeah, that was a lesson that I mustn't do. So that's why I say, before maybe you can act or you can say certain things, you just have to and understand why. Hallelujah. Just understand why is this thing needs to be done in this way. And Brother Brenham says, remember, he says now, in actual fact, the devil can't just come on you who will always use a particular person. As much as God chose a man to speak to you, encourage you, and then the devil does the same thing. He chose a man, he come and swear at you. The devil will not just come and swear at you. But you will come and utilize somebody else and do something else. And Brother Bram says now, you need to look beyond the person. And when you look beyond the person, you'll be able to see the devil that the poor person really doesn't want to hurt me. But it's the devil that is in this person. Well, let, let us agree with this thing. We say, Brother Bram says, there is no holy man. There is not even a good man, but there is a holy God in a holy man. In a man. We can't just say that mountain is holy. There is a holy God on that mountain. So if a man can be holy, there is a holy God in the man. So he can alone be holy. But that man cannot be evil also by himself. So it means there is the devil in the person. So but if we take it this way that now we have to say, now let's look beyond the man. Let's go and be on our knees and pray for the man. Hallelujah. So we pray for him. Then now we've got a spirit like Abraham. He says, give God the praise. That is exactly. If somebody comes through with a gift of healing, faith, well, don't give the man praise. Give God praise. Praise. 
If the doctor can set your arm when it's broke and fix it up, make it real straight, and God heals it. Give God praise. The doctors can, can, cannot heal you. They will just go there and put whatever that they put. They make your hands straight. It takes God to come and heal you. Amen. It is good they are helping, as the brother, the brother Brenham said, but you need to praise the Almighty God. Amen. He says, if the doctor can, he says, that is right. You got a dislocated spine, and then they get straightened the back up and make you walk right again. Give God praise. Not the man. Let us all get together and all that is coming from God. See, in the message, I think in the Hebrews book, Brother Brenham says, you need to worship God all the time. He says, when you go to work, worship him. He says, when you are, you are, you are busy cleaning your, your house, worship him. Wherever you are, you need to worship God. When there is somebody that is sick, he says, go to him and tell him that there is God that heals all thy diseases. He says, by doing that, you are worshiping God. If there is somebody that doesn't know the way, you can help him and grab him and say, can you come to church? Maybe let's lay hands on you if you are sick and God will deliver you. He says, by doing that, you are worshiping the almighty God. If you find men and women, maybe talking bad or maybe using vulgar words, he says, go to them by doing that you are worshipping God and tell them that there is God, that you, there is a testimony that you can talk, a better testimony that you can talk about it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So always you need to do something for him. So we need to praise him. Amen. And we need to talk about his goodness. No, sometimes we are so yeah we are, we are so we are so used to talk about bad things that we don't see even a good thing. Some people they say it's, it's the nature of a man. I disagree. It's the nature of the devil to do that. There is always good in 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 in, in, in God's people. In actually, in any person, there is something good in that person. But it all depends sometimes that we spend too much time and then talking about how great the devil is. Hallelujah. He says, now all God and perfect gifts come from God and God alone. All good things, all perfect gifts, any other thing that is good, it comes from God and God alone. Now the thing of it is, I think if our motives are right and our hearts are right for the people, we ought to work to all work together to help our fellow men to make it easier life. And then your motives are unselfish, giving praise to God who gives all things freely. He was an example. So he gives things freely. Hallelujah. He says, yes, sir. We should not have any selfishness nowhere. It should be so perfect. Right. Mm. When we say you must give things freely, we don't just say people must just come and say, hey, can I have your car, Brother Philip? And you say, no, it's fine, bro. I'm a son of God. <laughs> you worked for it. The Bible says no. 
He says, I'm here to help you. And if I can't help you, do something for you will make life patterns a little easier for the Christians and bring the sinner to Christ. I'm a total failure for the kingdom of God. And I certainly want to be a blessing to God as he is the strength and life and help. He is our strength, he is our life, he is our everything. So he says, I want to be a blessing. And you can be, say that also. I want to be a blessing to God. And that should be something that we live with. So that's what he's saying. We just have to reflect maybe going towards the end of the month. That what did I do personally for the kingdom of God? Did I add any value into his kingdom? Because we are, we are all called for a particular purpose. He knew the message for a particular purpose. His problem says we are not called just to come here and be spectators. We are here to be partakers in the kingdom of the almighty God. So what did I do? What contribution did I do into the kingdom of God? In actual fact, maybe you can go further and ask yourself, maybe on a scale, and say, did I do good things this year or more than I did bad things? But he says, I certainly want to be a blessing to God. Because I realized he's my strength, he's my life, and he's my help. And by the grace of God, that is why we are here. He says that the difference between the person that is walking here drunk and yourself is just by the grace of God. Then it takes us back to if somebody stumbles, then you know that it's by the grace of God that you are still standing. So your duty is to go on your knee and then talk to the brother, talk to the sister. That God is a restorer. And just have the spirit that was in Abraham. But sometimes you don't realize that it's the spirit. I mean, it's by grace. If, if you find a person talking, I mean, cutting somebody into pieces, it, it, he doesn't realize the grace of God. It means it's by himself. He can do that. He can sustain. He can be a holy man. But if you realize that, no, it's by the grace of God. It's just the devil is trying to take away my brother. He's tagging, trying to take away my sister. And you realize that I need to go down on my knees and pray for him. The message at thy weight, he says here, a person who lives their life for themselves lives a selfish life. We must live for others. Bear ye one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. And we've got to have a feeling for one another. Have a feeling for one another. Understand what the person is going through. I always say, you see, sometimes when you look at the man called David in the Bible, you saw what happened when, 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 when the prophet came to him. Remember that the Bible says, now the prophet came to him and he says, hey, David, there was a man in the village. 
You know what he did, that particular man? He says he had all these sheep and everything. He says, but one day he had a visitor, and then he had a neighbor that had only one sheep. He says, now, this man being rich, he went to his neighbor. He took the, the neighbor's sheep, and then he slaughtered for his own visitor. And you know what the Bible says? It says, David, I think he was there, and then he got furious. He says, if there is such a man in Israel, the punishment... It's nothing else but death. And then the prophet Nathaniel said, but David, that man, you see, David was, he wanted to know who is that man. And if it wasn't him, he could have been dead, that man. He says, that man, the punishment for that particular man is nothing but death. And the Bible says, now the prophet, and then he just turned, he says, but David, that man is you. Now, just because that is why Brother says now we need to feel for one for, for one another is that you need to get into the shoes of a particular person and understand why is this person doing that particular thing? Why did he say that? Then you understand me. Now, David said the same thing. When the prophet says, but that man is you, David, what did he say? He never said, no, let, let's continue and kill him. He says, no, then why don't you pray for me and that God will forgive me? Because now it's him. He needs forgiveness. But if it's another person, he needs to put to death. The prophet here and the king, the man that, he was saying that. And that's how people are. It just happens that because it's not me. That particular person deserves a great punishment. But just think of it. Think of it that this thing, if it happened to me, how will I be able to survive with this thing? It was out of his own mouth. David said, this man deserves death. And the same man, now the prophet said, no, but it's you, David. And he says, no, forgive me. Pray for me. Because it's now you. He says, we got to have a feeling for one another. And therefore, when you do all you know how to do, then knowing that you tried your best. I can't make everyone believe that is impossible. Jesus couldn't do that when he was on earth. And I know there will just be a few that believes. But if anything I can add to help the gospel, that is my duty of being here, is to try help somebody along the way. If there is a brother that is limping, it is my duty to make sure that he goes and then we go along. I try to help him. I'm not a judge. I don't know whether he will make it or not. But my duty is just to help the brother. My duty is to help the sister. My duty is to preach the gospel. My duty is to testify about Jesus Christ to each and every person. In the message, it is I, Brother Brenham says, I certainly appreciate you and love you with warm Christian love. If any time I can be a favor to you, call me or write me. I'll do anything that lays within my power to help you make life a little easier for you and the rough places a little smoother 
Anytime I can pray for you, do anything for you, let me know. He's availing himself. He's a servant of God. He says, anytime, with anything that I can be able to be of an assistant, he says, let me know. Now, he was the rock. God smote him for us, and he gave forth abundance of pure, clean water. He does yet today to everyone that will believe in him. This is his grace, of course, to his people, us. Speaking of the people of Israel at Exodus, there is something like there, like the people of today, ready to receive what they can get. Ready to receive what they can get. But don't want to give any service in return. The statement that people are ready to receive is that, you know that when news comes, whether they are good or bad, actually it all depends that are you ready to receive them or not. No, Israel, when they were there in Egypt, God couldn't just take them out at any time. They had to go through persecution and everything until they were ready to say, when the messenger came and said, let's go out, they will be able to follow him. But while they were still enjoying Egypt, they couldn't have listened to him. So now, this thing that people receive certain things because they are ready, it all depends. If you feed yourself, because they say, now your mind usually, or it, it, it's sort of like a, 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 a farm, something, a garden, yes. It's just like a garden. Now, it, it's always fertile, but it's, it depends now. If, if you receive certain news that are so negative, it's just you, were, you, have been, you have been ready to receive them. And if you are not ready, you'll, you'll reject them. Automatically, when somebody comes and tells you something that you are not ready to receive, it, you'll tell him, I'm not fertile for that. It is not good for my own garden. I will not be able to, I don't want that seed in my own garden. You've got the right. But people receive because they are ready to receive those news. So it means now they have read too much of daily sun, they can be able to receive certain particular things. Oh, no, sorry. But certain things, that's an opinion. Maybe. But certain things you are not... I mean, on earth, do you think, is there any interest just to read that a sheep with a head? I mean, what are you going to gain there? But let's leave that one alone. But you see, people receive said particular things because they are ready to receive them. If I see such a, what you call it, it's a title, but you're already... A headline. I won't even buy that thing. What am I going to do with it? I'm not, I'm not ready to read something like that. Hallelujah. He, is the, he says there is something like them, like the people of today, ready to receive what they can get, but don't want to give any service in return. Israel was ready to drink from the rock now. But they didn't want to give God his service that was due to him. He's always giving us a service. You know, we can't even breathe, breathe without him. We can't breathe without God's service. So we must give him praise 
in return. Actual fact, if God gave you work, you've got something to give back. Amen, brothers? Yes, if God gave you work, you've got to plan back. So anything that God gave it to you, that's what you need to do. If God gave you a voice, that is where we come, we sing for him. If God gave you to be able to read, you must use it for his own service. He's always giving us a service. Always. That is how dependent we are on him. Yet it almost breaks us in two if we try to have to do something for him. Always. He's always willing. He's ready to give us something. We depend on him. We breathe oxygen. It's him. Any other thing, if we are sick, we go to him, he heals us. If any other thing that we want from God, he protects us. We drive along, there is some accidents, there is all these things. And God protects us. What do we give him back? He says, for us to give him something back, it almost breaks us into two. It, it's such a struggle. must come and say, brother, can't you just, don't you know that you need to be able to give back the tenth? We must come and beg a brother. He asked us to do something, go see somebody, go pray for somebody, go help somebody. It is almost break us up to do it. But we don't want to do anything to him for service. It's a service. If somebody is sick, your neighbor is sick, you go there, you pray for him. Saints, it's not, it doesn't mean if you pray for somebody, you will get healed. It's not your duty to heal somebody. You go there, you lay your hands, as the Bible says, and you are done. It is up to God to heal the particular person. And then it doesn't, if you go, you preach to somebody the gospel, you testify, it's not up to you whether the person comes to God or not. So your duty is to, it's so simple for us. But do something for somebody else. That's what I want you to is that we need to be able to do certain things for other people. And by doing that, we are doing what? It's a service unto the Lord. No, I'm not going to be able to finish here. Let's leave it. But Brother Abraham says now, like as he has done in Genesis chapter 14 here, Abraham. He says it's the blessed spirit of Christ upon him. He went after, after his own fallen brother. The spirit of Christ on Abraham, he went after him. He did something for God. Brought him back so he would have another chance after Satan had took him out. Brought him back to have fellowship again. He gave him an opportunity. So that is what we must do. Whether somebody, we just have to bring somebody into the church to come and listen to God. We just have to read the Bible to somebody else if he's an unbeliever, lay hands on him and tell him that there is God that created heaven and earth that can save you. There is God that can give you a better life. There is God that can make you, can take you where you are and make you a saint. There is God that can be able to fix your marriage. There is God that can be able to to transform you. So wherever you find somebody in that condition, God is able to do that, to take that particular person and mold him. 
So our duty is just to tell the person that God is able. Amen. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to try to, contain, to, to, to try to make that particular person a believer. No, it's up to God to make that person a believer. So what your duty is just to tell and tell him how God, how great God is. He can mold him. There is nothing impossible with him. He can do all things. But eternal life is living for other people. Is sacrificing yourself. God first, me second. Not myself first and God after. No, God first and then I come second. A problem says any other thing should be secondary. God first. God should be coming first over my own children. He should be coming first over my own car, over my own house, any other thing, work or whatever the case might be. God first. And God will keep my, he will keep my work. He will keep my family. You will keep my children. Yes. If he comes first, you will keep any other thing that I put in secondary and I like it. Amen. Eternal life is living for others. It's not living for yourself. It's to, it's, 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 it's to provide service to other people. And just take note that it's not only for believers, it's not only church. Just give, just, just be the light. Just be the light of the, the whole community here. God bless you. Let us stand on our feet.
get to that it's, it's this message is it's very very important extremely 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 important there is a pastor that once disguised he preached on divine love and he was on that series for a few weeks when he came to the conclusion of the divine love on that Sunday, he disguised himself as a hobo and came early to church and was waiting at the entrance. And people were coming through church. Some were giving him, the, you know, those typical looks. Uh, one elder almost beat him up. Now, while they were expecting, where is the pastor? And they said, looking around, then they saw him coming into the church. Then all of them, they realized that that hobo that we mistreated at the entrance actually was our pastor. (laughs) Then he said, you see, I spoke about divine love, but none of you listened to me. So, let us not be the hearers of the word, let us be the doers of the word. Are we together? And I think it is very critical. And I, in my few years that I've spent on planet Earth, I've come to realize the people that are 
content and the people that have got a sense of direction and are grounded in life and are prosperous are the people that live for others. People that are miserable, bitter, unhappy, depressed, they only think about themselves. You can get me starting preaching another sermon, Brother Mpanyam. When you look, I'm going to be as frank as, uh, as, as uh, because it really, it really touched me in, a, in the most deepest way. Somebody was saying, when you look, I'm talking in the message, when you look at the message on the continent, you look at Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is among the top among the top 10 poorest countries in the world. Stay with me here. But when you look at the believers in the main in Zimbabwe, they are well to do. When you look at Congo, is the poorest. Congo is poor. But the believers are well to do. And somebody was asking and say, why is South Africa the richest but the believers are struggling? People are, people are misers, brother Mbanya. People are individualistic in approaching life. This consumerism culture that has engulfed us. But from today, live for others. Hallelujah. And I think certain things, if I, I, I often... And I've taught a lot of even some pastors, I realize, uh, would get into the mall, eat, come out. There'll be a, a, an attendant there that was taking care of our car. They just get into the car, give a man a funny look, drive off. I say, goodness, that's a bad behavior. Do you know, Brother Bram, they say, the worse they save his was in a restaurant, the better was his tip. You know that. But believers, they throw tantrums in. I said, well done, it's not well done, there is blood here. We are not even giving this person anything. And later we invited the person to church, he sees you, you are the one that is singing. Say, but I was mistreated by that fella. Let us be good ambassadors of this message. It, it, this is, you can tell me about the new city, you can tell me about millennium, the battle of Armageddon, when God before God became a man, but these are the fundamentals. Are we together? And, and uh, let, let, us, let us go into a, a reflective mode as we move into the new year. What are the bad habits that we need to let go? I'm not into New Year's resolutions because we all break them by the time we come to March. But let's say, what is God's resolution about our life? Let him be the one that makes a resolution and comes and takes residency in us. Then you will begin to see that you live for others. Remember, this subject, it's, it's so fundamental. I don't know. I can go on to another sermon on its own. When people criticize you, 
don't just dismiss criticism in its entirety. There is an element of truth. People that have left the message, we know that they have backslidden, no doubt about it. But there is certain elements that they often say there is no love in the message. Pastors attack one another. Believers attack one another. We've got to get away from those things. How will they know that you are my disciples? When you sing about me? When you go to church? When you carry a spoken word? They will know what... How will they know that you are my disciples? When you love one another... Don't be afraid to clap for it. It's fundamental. You can clap for it. Are we together? Let me have my brothers back. Let me have my sisters back. This bigger must go. Let us be believers. I can take it further, Brambayana. Somebody was saying, in the church that I used to be in, before I came into the message, if it was my birthday, where sisters will send one another birthday messages. When I came into the message, no one even cares where you were born. You know why? It's because we have not realized that a church is not an institution, but it's a community. I need to know what you're going through. You need to know what I'm going through. And thereafter, not judge but help and uplift. Amen. Do you think it was important? This, this, if you tell me this was paramount, the message that I've had here, it can get me going for a long time and it is needed, especially in this South Africa. Young men are misers, Brampanya. Young men with no responsibility, nothing, misers. And if you're a miser, you must never get married. Am I? I'll get. Let me not preach. God bless you. But it was a, a wonderful message, Brother Mpayan. I like to I, I, I liked the practicality of it. Amen. May God richly bless you and, and, and add more to. Your virtue that has left you, but it was it was it was critical. Amen. Unpopular, but an honest message. Amen. Give us a, a song. Amen. I see, see, people are on a holiday. There is movement of people. Amen. But before you go on holiday, don't just nyamalala. Drop a note to a pastor, to a deacon. I won't be around. Uh, I'm off with my wife to Devon. It's, it's not wrong to go on a holiday, people. I've caught one couple, they were trying to hide from me that they are going. Actually, it was two from this church. How do you hide from a pastor that you're going on a holiday? So don't hide that you're going on a holiday. Drop a note. That I'm going on a holiday. I need to. Yeah, because if something happens, they don't say, hey, I was there, they hear, and say, they see something happen. No, we should know and pray and say, as our brothers, our, uh, uh, or so and so is going on a holiday. Amen.
Are we together? Amen. Give us a, a song, let us enjoy. Amen. Is it right to go on a holiday? Okay. <laughs> a young man must take a wife on a holiday. Maybe the old one. Yes. That's right. A woman needs a Sabbath. We'll cheat there, brother. Hey, but a young boy this day is hiding out me when I go. And maybe we need to preach on this one. Maybe the sisters, they got no mechanism to know this man is a miser. Maybe the way we approach things, you might take time to know him or to know him. If he doesn't tip, well, he still wants to marry you. It's a bad formula. Brother Dipadi will come and wrap up in prayer for us.
Hallelujah. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, here we are. We have come to your house, Lord. As David of the oldest said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we are glad this morning, Heavenly Father, for the word that you gave us, Heavenly Father. Indeed, you have visited us, Heavenly Father. You have used, Heavenly Father, the men, Heavenly Father, to speak to us, Heavenly Father. That's why we are so thankful, Father, for this message, Heavenly Father. Just to know, Heavenly Father, whatever that we are doing for others, we are doing a great service for you, Heavenly Father. And that's what you require from us, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, help us to improve, Heavenly Father, to do more, Heavenly Father. Whatever that we are doing, Heavenly Father, to others, Heavenly Father, let it not only be believers, Heavenly Father, even the non-believers, Heavenly Father, our lives, Heavenly Father, they can reflect that God is in us, Heavenly Father. Even if people, they have doubted that God is the living God, Heavenly Father, through our lives, they can, Heavenly Father, say, indeed, God is still living today, Heavenly Father. Let us continue to shine for this world, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we like to thank our brother Mbanyan, Heavenly Father, with the message, Heavenly Father. What a blessing, Heavenly Father. Continue to bless him and his ministry, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, bless each and everyone that is here, Heavenly Father. You know our needs, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, come descend, Heavenly Father. Be the revelation unto us, Heavenly Father. Help us, Heavenly Father. Guide us, Heavenly Father. Lead us, Heavenly Father. All that we need, Heavenly Father, is to make it at the end of this journey, Heavenly Father, to be with you eternally, Heavenly Father. He is our pastor, Heavenly Father. He's still continuing to lead us, Heavenly Father. We know what a great job he's having, Heavenly Father. That's why we say, Heavenly Father, use him, Heavenly Father. Give him power. Give him revelation, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, all these powers, Heavenly Father, that wants to distract, Heavenly Father, or to destroy his ministry. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, let them not have any dominion or let them not have any power, Heavenly Father. Let him continue, Heavenly Father, to stay focused, Heavenly Father, just to look at you, Heavenly Christ, our hope of glory, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father. As he's going to take a trip, Heavenly Father, to Zimbabwe, Heavenly Father, may he be the blessing, Heavenly Father. We pray for him and the brothers and sisters who are going also the Heavenly Father. We that are left, Heavenly Father, will be in Mamilodi. You'll continue, Heavenly Father, to bless us, Heavenly Father. Then, Heavenly Father, bless that conference, Heavenly Father. We commit them everything to you, Heavenly Father. Even, Heavenly Father, it's the December time. Heavenly Father, we are going up and down, Heavenly Father, trying to, Heavenly Father, visit our our siblings, Heavenly Father, going to holidays, Heavenly Father. May we bless each and every one, Heavenly Father, who's going to be on the way, protect them, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we'd like to thank the service today, everything that you did for us, as we commit everything to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Oh, Brad, Brad, when they speak about holidays, some people, they think it's expensive. Brother Brenham's holiday is the best one. He used to take his wife, they used to go for hunting trip. Hallelujah. It doesn't take money sometime. See, brother, the Hallelujah. But I think next week, Sunday, it's our last Sunday for the year. Uh, I think we'll make some remarks next week. Uh, the appreciation that we have for the support over 
throughout the year. Uh, I don't know, maybe the board must just represent somebody next week just to, or if not next week, early January, just to share the, with the church what are, what are our focus areas for 2016, what are, we, what are we planning to do so that the church is aligned, it must not be taken by surprise, what is our reflection on 2015. Uh, you know that when you are a believer, you can only improve. The day you stop improving, you die. Hallelujah. If you don't grow, you must be under the law of growth. Hallelujah. So somebody from the bottle will be represent us in just 15 minutes presentation, snapshot of where we are, where are we planning to go. Some have been asking about the building, just to check how far, what is our plan, so that ultimately the church doesn't belong to the board, it belongs to the members. Amen. Hallelujah. So you, you and God are our bosses. God bless you. <coughs> That servant leadership that you spoke about, saving others. Amen. Amen. 2015, just say, Lord, let it not be about me. Let it be about the people that I will, I will impact on. Has anybody ever here touched somebody's life? Except Brother Mutla because he does it on, by default. Anybody here that has ever touched somebody's life? Raise your hands. He was alone. Raise your hands. <laughs> Somebody was saying to me and said, Pastor Madiba, you're, you're too transparent. I said, hey, I can't help it. I'm just too real. What you see is what you get. Sometimes I think aloud. That's, that's in my nature. Amen. But I see people like realness, Brother Banyan. If I say... Uh, how many have touched their life? Who beggar Who's looking at me first? Then, no, if you touch somebody's life now, who's gonna raise and say, "Yeah, am I?" Is there anybody that ever touched somebody's life here? How did it feel like? Was it great? Keep on doing that. If you've not touched somebody's life, touch somebody's life. Make a difference in somebody's life. Be used of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, a sister told me the other time and said I was down, despondent. And for some reason, a sister just came by my door. And we spoke, and thereafter, after she left, she encouraged me so much. I said, she was sent by God. She was available to the operation of the Holy Spirit. Be used of God. God bless you richly. Give us a, a joyful song. Next week Sunday is our last Sunday here. May God richly bless you. Um, and make sure that you, you register with the trustees for the convention. Uh, if there is any particular matter that you would want us to attend to in your space, please speak to them. They are available here to serve you. God richly bless you. And then you can just give us a song. Are you happy that it's don't be worried that the economy is bad. God is still good. Yes. Our economy is not controlled by Umshulus. It's controlled by Melchizedek. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. And he has been the minister of finance ever since I've known. Doing a great job. Give us a song till we meet. Amen. Enjoy your Christmas. 
Amen. And sister, I'm already shopping. Uh, if children need new clothes, please buy them new clothes. Don't, don't come up with stories and say Christ was not born on Christmas. No, 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 no. no. Brandon Tabernacle, a Brandon family always celebrated Christmas. We don't celebrate Santa Claus. Christ was not born on Christmas. No, 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 no. But uh, Rebecca says every time dad will go and cut the tree, put the tree at the corner, mom will come, will decorate the tree and put the gifts under the tree. Rebecca said, I always wanted to know what daddy had in that box. Amen. So don't, don't come up with superstitions. Buy those kids Christmas clothes. Because when parents have to have misused money and they don't become responsible, they come up with stories. You, your parents bought you clothes. Buy your children clothes. Don't tell them, hallelujah, and leave it there. Give us a song. Prophet, God bless you. This is a versatile man. He can move from a guitar to drums to piano. Amen. Uh -uh. Do you have any swazi melody there? So that we go with a thunder here. Yeah. If you are dead and mom didn't buy you Christmas clothes, my office is open. <laughs> Come with it today.